Welcome to the Southwest Iowa Association of Realtors, also known as SWIRE. This podcast keeps SWIRE members up to date on what's new and happening in our organization. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. It is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. Not a member? We still encourage you to listen. Each week, we provide you with valuable information related to the real estate industry and Southwest Iowa. I'm Emily Swinford here on behalf of the Southwest Iowa Association of Realtors, uh, filling in today for Amy Svoboda, our executive director. So this week, Amy is actually at the Iowa Association of Realtors annual convention. It's been a really busy September. Um, We have had a self-defense course with Cobra, which is a martial arts studio out of Des Moines. We had great attendance at that. And then most recently, we had our annual Swire Golf Bash. This year, the proceeds benefited the Wabash Trace. Uh, We have a guest here in the studio with us today, uh, Lindsay Bogardis with Ambassador Title Services. And Ambassador Title Services was actually a sponsor at our annual golf tournament and Lindsay was there on their behalf. So Lindsay's here to talk a little bit about what ATS does, uh, what she's all about, uh, her past, how they can help you. And um, I'll let Lindsay in her introduce herself. First of all, did you have fun at the golf tournament? Yes, we did. We yeah. had a lot of fun. It's always a good time. And I don't think we've tallied up the amount of money that we've raised yet, but we should have that by next month, which I just forgot to mention is our quarterly breakfast, so our quarterly meeting, and that's taking place on October 11th. So I think we intend to present the check there. So it was a really great day, and we were excited to have sponsors like you guys. So Lindsay, tell us a little bit about, let's start with yourself. Yeah, good morning. Um, I'm Lindsay Bogardis. I'm with Ambassador Title Services. Um, I office here in Council Bluffs at the Berkshire Hathaway office on Woodbury. My history, I've been with ATS uh, since July of 2020. Previous to that, I worked at Clear Title and Abstract here in Council Bluffs um, for 10 years before I moved over to Ambassador Title. Things about ATS, um, we are Berkshire Hathaway's title company. Our main office is out of Village Point in Omaha, and then we have several satellite offices. We have one at Regency, we have another one down in Papillion at Shadow Lake, um, the office here in Council Bluffs. Uh, We have an office in Lincoln. And then we also have a satellite office in Fremont. So we're kind of all over the Omaha metro. And um, at each satellite office, we have at least one closer, if not two. Um, So we kind of cover the whole market in Omaha. So you are affiliated and have similar ownership as Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate, but you do service every real estate company. And are you licensed Iowa and Nebraska then? Correct. Yes, that is right. And we um, do a lot of closings in Southwest Iowa for other real estate companies as well. Um, Some things about Ambassador Title. So uh, we sell title insurance, that's uh, our company. Um, We also can do some other things because I know Iowa requires attorney's opinions. So um, on top of the title insurance, we do sell attorney's opinions. We have a few lenders that go that route instead of doing only title insurance. Um, Our title insurance that we sell, we actually sell through uh, five different underwriters. So we can sell it through Old Republic, um, Chicago Title, Title Guarantee Resource, um, and then um, West Core, and I think that's it. 
So we have several different underwriters that we work with on a regular basis. So if we have an issue that comes up on one underwriter, um, we can kind of farm that out to the underwriters and see what the best solution is to that. And then if we need to switch underwriters, we can. So walk me through that process. So us re- real estate agents, I think um, we obviously work together with the title insurance companies, but we don't always, I think, understand each other's processes. Sure. So explain to me a little bit um, the process from when an offer is accepted, and then you receive a copy of that purchase agreement. Um, and then how does that flow with you, the lender, the real estate agent? What's just kind of the process from A to Z? Yes. Yep. So you guys turn in your purchase agreement, submit your order to us. Um, That initiates our file. We open a file. We input all of the information for the buyer, the seller, the real estate agents, and the lender. And then we conduct the title search. So we search the property. We search the current owners, the previous owners, um, the legal description to make sure that everything matches up. We're looking for any errors, maybe in a previous deed, um, any judgments that would come up against the buyer, the seller, uh, divorce cases, judgments, um, as far as like money judgments, that sort of thing. Once we get the search done, we compile all of the information and we turn it into what we call a title commitment. We then send that out to all the parties involved in the closing um, so that everyone is aware, you know, if there are any issues on the title work. Um, and then we work to correct any issues. Um, your typical deal, you know, you have to file the deed, which conveys the property. And normally you might have a mortgage payoff and you want to make sure that the property taxes are up to date. That's kind of your normal standard deal. Um, and then, but there are so many things that can come above that. You know, if there was a previous deed that had an error, uh, we work to either contact the previous title company to get it corrected, um, or we create a correct corrective deed, get that signed and filed at the courthouse so that it corrects that um, error in the title. If there are judgments or liens that need to be processed, uh, we can reach out, get payoffs, um, try to figure that out. We work with attorneys as far as like if there's an estate on the property where somebody has been uh, or someone is deceased, we work with the estate attorney to make sure that it has court approval and we get the court officer's deed and get that filed um, as a part of the closing. We also have more difficult files that come up, you know, people that are maybe in the middle of a bankruptcy. And so we have to have the bankruptcy um, court's approval in order to sell the property. Um, We see a lot of uh, a lot of like divorce cases, that sort of thing. So we're always working with their attorneys to make sure that the property settlement is satisfied and everything gets recorded so that that's not a judgment that comes up down the road when it's something that we satisfied in our closing. Whose responsibility is it, say, that you find a lien on a property or a judgment or something that somebody wasn't expecting? So say a credit card judgment. I've seen those before. Mm-hmm. At that point, after you issue that commitment, whose responsibility is it to clear it up? Assuming that the the sellers, it's their credit card judgment. So sure. I assume that that's their responsibility. But do you guys assist with contacting some of those yes. collections agencies? Because I know that I've had a few where we've had to be on the phone with attorneys for two weeks relentlessly before we're able to even get to talk to somebody who can send us a payoff for those types of things. Yes, we do. We will definitely reach out, help the seller, kind of point them in the right direction, make phone calls on their behalf if that's helpful. Um, We do a lot of three-way calls where we are on the phone with the seller trying to get a hold of the um, company, the judgment debtor. Um, We do a lot of like pre-foreclosure type closings where we'll have to 
you know, conference in the seller and call the law firm that's handling the foreclosure action to get the payoff. Um, but yeah, we try to help the whole way through. You know, the seller, like you said, most of the time, it's something that might be a surprise. They didn't realize that it was something that had to be handled um, ahead of closing. And so we do try to assist the whole way through. Um, plus, as the title company, we keep contacts. So we know if you have this judgment that comes up, we have a contact, we have an email address, we have a phone number, kind of we know who to get a hold of um, to get the situation cleared up. So I think that's usually really helpful when it comes to sellers. I've had some some doozies. I think it's really important when you have a title company and especially a closer, the, the closing team who can help advocate for the client on some of those mm -hmm. issues because yeah, I tell absolutely. you what, sometimes just having somebody who has the contact information is a game changer yeah. uh, when all that you're left with is a recording from the courthouse with a, maybe a phone number and an attorney's name on it. It can be a wild goose chase. I've yes. seen some nightmare stories, so it's always nice when you have somebody like you guys in our corner. Yep, I absolutely agree. And just being able to sometimes point that seller in the right direction of what needs to happen and and just kind of explain to them the situation and what they need to do in order to take care of it so that they can have clear title to their property. Are there any sorts of things that you see come up um, that would involve the homestead exemption that we all apply for on our primary residences here in Iowa? Does that have any sort of protection when it comes to title that um, you're aware of? It does, yep. One of the points of filing for your homestead is that it does give you legal protection against your property. Um, so like if you were to file bankruptcy, it protects your property. You can maintain that property as long as you're current on your payments. Um, but also there are judgments that come up that if you've claimed homestead and that judgment has come on while you've owned the property, sometimes we can use um, what we would call like a homestead exemption, a homestead affidavit to protect the property. And you wouldn't necessarily have to pay off that judgment in order to sell the property. Now, if somebody hasn't claimed their homestead exemption, can that work backwards? So if you find an issue, can they go file that homestead exemption? No. And, okay, so they it, won't that's need really... to have had that homestead exemption on the property um, before that judgment had come up. We never like to think that we're going to have judgments or financial issues down the road, but I think that's a huge reason that as real estate agents, we should be pushing our homebuyers to make sure that they're applying for that homestead exemption because that could really save somebody. I absolutely agree. During every closing, we try to go over, this is your homestead. This is what it does for you. This is how you should claim it. Um, you know, I try to tell people to utilize the assessor's website um, so that they can get that registered. And, and I try to, I know that you have until the next tax year, but I usually try to tell people that if you do it within 30 days of closing, um, that's a good standpoint. That way you're hopefully getting it done before your first payments due. It's a good reminder that you need to be registered for that um, kind of at that point. Good. I'm glad we touched on that because I don't think that a lot, I think a lot of us think, yay, a little discount on our property taxes, but don't think of it um, for what it actually, actually is there is. for. Yep. That legal protection. That's really, they just throw in that little bit of that tax credit so that, you know, it kind of incentivizes people to go ahead and register for that. But really, it's the legal protection that you're looking for um, when you're registering for that homestead. Interesting. Um, any sort of like exceptions to the title insurance policies that you're seeing in this market? Um, I know I recently had an encroachment that came up. Is there anything crazy that you've seen, just maybe a fun story or just something to be on the lookout for or different unique situations we should be aware of as real estate agents when it comes to 
exceptions on title policies? Um, I feel like every closing has something. (laughs) There's something that comes up. Um, What we do see a lot, though, or what seems to have been coming up a lot lately are survey exceptions, um, property line um, issues that are coming up. And typically when a buyer buys a property, they're not getting a survey ahead of closing because it would delay the closing and it's quite an expense to incur ahead of all of your other closing costs. Um, but we've seen a couple files recently where they're, they've had some property line disputes. And so trying to fix that on the back end now that they're trying to sell the property um, can be a little difficult, but we've been trying to work through it with getting surveys and doing some exceptions. Um, so the exception would be that the new buyer would be purchasing it knowing that there is a property line dispute. And what does that dispute entail? Do you have to have a survey? Can it simply be a neighbor throwing a fit? Um, yes. What What is considered a property line, dis- an actual property line dispute for your purposes? Yep. So I had a recent file that the neighbor said, hey, your garage is on my property. The neighbor had recently put up a new fence. And in putting up the new fence, she had gotten a survey on the property showing that she owned three feet of the property that the neighbors had a garage on. And so she either wanted compensated for the three feet of property or she wanted to be able to have them tear down their garage so that she could extend her fence line by three feet. Um, So the resolution to that, which I think is kind of the normal resolution, is that there's some monetary compensation for the fact that they are three feet on her property And then we did a property lot line adjustment to show that now they own that three feet, which their garage sits on. That's insane. And three feet shouldn't make that big of a difference. And when we are going through the purchase agreement with buyers, they know they have the option to have that survey, typically Mm -hmm. at their expense, unless it's otherwise negotiated. And it it is expensive. And a lot of times, especially um, in town, property lines might seem cut dry like mow lines or where the garage sits, Mm -hmm. but those three feet can make a huge difference. And the pros and cons to it are, sure, it might be easy to just say, yeah, I don't want my neighbor to have to tear down the garage. They're great people. But at the end of the day, it could become an issue with adverse possession. And there's all sorts of things down the road that if you give up a piece of your property could affect you negatively down the line. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, really. Um, But when when we are going through kind of the lien waiver with our sellers, yes. that's one of the questions I think they answer is if there's any property line disputes. So there's not necessarily anything that has to be recorded at the courthouse. It can just be simply having somebody check mark that. Correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. And usually as long as all parties are aware of the situation, there can be some sort of resolution about it. The thing is we don't want our seller selling a property to a new buyer and not um, putting it out there that there might be a property line dispute. We want the new buyer, of course, to have clean title to the property and not to be three months down the road and the neighbor is saying, hey, you're on my property. I told the sellers about this, you know, before they sold. Well, and even if surveys aren't incredibly common in our area, um, you still, after spending thousands and thousands of dollars, probably the most expensive purchase you'll likely make in your life, um, you probably want to know what you own. So I think that's really important and it can really save some issues down the road when it comes to just owning the property and title in general. 
Tell me a little bit about um, kind of just the – there's a team of people that help get a deal to closing. Yes. Um, so all sorts of people, some people that um, you definitely don't even ever talk to during the transaction. So real estate agents, title companies, lenders, surveyors, inspectors, uh, termite inspectors. There's all sorts of um, different people that are involved in the transaction. As Census Podcast is generally geared towards – real estate agents, specifically uh, members of the Southwest Iowa Association of Realtors. How do we as realtors fit into your world? Are there things that we do that drive you crazy, things that we can do that that help you? Um, do you find that uh, most people tackle it as a team or just handing you the file and expecting you to, to do it? Or I guess, how does that just from your perspective look? Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to hear your take on that. Um, I think that most files are impacted as a team. I think that everyone kind of works together. That's how you have a successful closing. And I think most agents are aware of that. So they are willing to work together um, to get it to the finish line. Um, Back end, we have, you know, our title department that realtors typically don't talk to. Um, They come to us as the closers, and then we go to the title department to ask questions, you know, if there's a question about a lien against the property or question on the legal description or that sort of thing. So we as the closers are kind of the go-between on that um, as far as like our support staff in the background. Um, Things that agents do that uh, are really helpful is um, turning the file in as soon as the purchase agreement is is signed. Um, Sometimes we get a purchase agreement and we get it on Tuesday and they want to close on Friday and it was signed three weeks ago. So um, that is always a challenge, a struggle. Um, so getting just getting the paperwork turned in as soon as possible, um, filling it out completely. You know, we as the title company, we need contact information for the buyers and the sellers. Um, we live by the escrow cover sheets that you guys turn in. Um, so having those filled out, you know, that's definitely helps on our end, on our job. So we appreciate any time that those are filled out. The other thing is, and this has been um, kind of a deal lately, is, you know, we work in the office from 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. And so we prefer to have our closings during that time point. Um, You know, sometimes we have special exceptions. We're happy to, you know, assist. I recently had a closing that was supposed to happen on Friday. It got delayed. Two of the signers were headed out of town. They winter in Florida, and they were actually leaving um, that weekend to go back to Florida. And so we did a Saturday afternoon signing um, to accommodate them. And then, of course, we finished out and funded the file on Monday. So we're definitely willing to do that. But we like when realtors set up the expectation that closing will be, you know, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. Um it's also helpful on the seller's end. As soon as that file is closed, they want their proceeds and uh, we can't uh, neglect them on that. We want to get them their proceeds as quickly as possible. And so having an after hours closing um, doesn't accommodate for taking care of the sellers. And so that's why we prefer to keep it in business hours. Also, if there's an issue that comes up during signing, we can go back and have that corrected while the borrowers, the buyers are still there and we're not having to delay it to the next day to get um, help, you know, from the lender if there's maybe a typo in the documents or name misspelled or um, because that does happen. 
Oh, and we work 24-7 as agents, and sometimes I think our buyers don't even realize that you guys exist until they walk into the closing and they are like, who are you? Sometimes they've never even met their lender. Um, And so I think that setting that expectation from the beginning is important at the end of the day it is a it is a business transaction and it should be treated as such so yes. um, you know most buyers I think would want to have the day off to get moving but I think to your point the seller receiving their proceeds is a big deal so mm-hmm. as, as well as being able to clear up any issues that you would need business hours to clear sure up so I never thought about that but that and the sellers pay off you know we're trying to get their payoff out we don't want them paying three four five days worth of extra interest because the buyer wanted to close Friday night, you know, then the seller's still paying interest through Monday. So we try to get that payoff and their proceeds out within the same business day so that their end is cleared up and they're not paying extra interest and, you know, they're actually getting their proceeds for the property that they just sold. Well, and I know exceptions are made, but I've had um, closers that have come to, um, you know, my buyer's offices mm-hmm. during lunch hour to accommodate yeah. a closing. So Absolutely. I've closed all over town. I've closed in <laughs> hospitals and banks and you know, whatever it takes. I've closed at the airport before, you know, just I've closed at all different businesses. I've closed in parking lots on cars. Um, I did a farm deal once that we closed on the gravel road (laughs) out, you know, because he was out um, harvesting. And it was like, okay, we have to get this done today. And he was out harvesting. So uh, the railer and I pulled up on the side of the road and we signed on top of the truck <laughs> and you know it's done i mean we're always willing to accommodate you know any special need only in the midwest are we closing on the top of a yes. truck on a gravel road next yes. to a cornfield that's being harvested <laughs> i agree i agree <laughs> that's a great story <laughs> um it's any other like stories that you've seen in your time just working for either of the title companies that you work for uh, any I guess, takeaways or lessons that you've learned or lessons we should all be learning from? Um, I have I have stories for days. I can write a book. But um, I think the most important thing is just that everyone is consistently working together and that, I mean, every closing has something. There's something that comes up. But it's just keeping cool and calm and working through it and trying to help the sellers as much as possible, trying to help the buyers as much as possible. And for myself, I just try to, you know, keep calm. Things happen. Closings get delayed. I know it really upsets people, but it's just like, we're going to take care of it. We're going to get it done. It's going to happen. It's just, you know, unfortunately, sometimes there are delays and there are things that come up and when buyers get to closing, they're usually like pretty stressed, like, oh, my gosh, this has been such a stressful process. And I just try to smile and say, yeah, it is, but you made it and we're here. And and now you get to sign this huge sack of papers <laughs> right. for the next hour. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, are, they are all different. Um, my mom actually works with me full time and she does my transaction coordination as well as a lot of a lot of other things yes um and so after her first couple of months she said i'm just not understanding and i said you will never understand there is no a b c d it does not go in order every single one is different there's going to be a surprise in all of them and the only way to really train for that i think is just to accept the fact that you're never going to know everything you just have to live it and i just recently had a file that a problem came up and they said, well, what do we do about this? And I said, I don't know. I've never had this problem before, but we're going to work through it. We're going to figure it out. You know, a couple phone calls later, um, we had it taken care of, but it's like, I, 
I don't know. <laughs> That's why it takes a village. <laughs> That's why it takes a village. Yeah. Um, I do want to touch on a little bit. Uh, I think we talked a little bit yesterday when we were talking about recording this podcast. Just kind of what are you seeing with the current market in terms of like, and this can just be your general opinion or your take on it. It's always nice to see somebody else's perspective. Um, even my photographer, I'll ask her if she thinks I'm priced right, just because it's nice to get a different opinion sure. from somebody in a different role. Um, what are you seeing with the current market in terms of like numbers of closings or how things have changed or how you think things are going? Yeah. Um, we're, we have the same file count this August that we had last August. Um, so closings are still pretty consistent. I feel like it slowed down a little bit in July and I feel like October might be um, slightly slower, but closings are still happening. Things are still moving. Um, we've had, we've had it a handful of refinances lately, um, people doing cash out on equity that they have in the property. Um, so we had went probably three or four months without a refi and we've had a couple pop up again. So I think you see, um, people doing that using some of the equity in their property. This last year, we've had an insane amount of cash deals. So there's a lot of cash out there in the market. I was just going to ask you if people were leveraging leveraging their cash right now with the yes. rates being a little higher. I was that was Absolutely. my next question for you. Absolutely, but even with rates um, being at the level that they're at, I mean, people are still buying. You still have buyers, people that have been, you know, maybe tried to buy last summer and weren't getting contracts um, accepted as they were writing them. So now this summer, they feel like maybe they don't have as much competition. Um, but the rate's a little bit higher. You always have the people that are buying now and crossing their fingers that rates might dip just a little bit and they'll be able to refinance. Um, but yeah, the market is definitely moving on our end. So Good. Well, that's encouraging. Is there, well, first of all, thank you for being here. Is there anything else that you would like to add, um, anything about yourself or Ambassador Title Services or anything that we didn't touch on today that you'd like to add? Um, we just want to thank our realtors for the business that they send to us. We really appreciate you guys, and we hope that you enjoy working with us. We try to be as flexible and accommodating as we can be. Um, so just we appreciate all of your business, and we just love working with you guys. So, Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you.